Uh, if you remember, when we left off uh, Sunday, just a brief review, we had uh, talked about uh, Joseph being uh, in Egypt, and when his dad died, uh, his brothers uh, thought he might take revenge on them. And, of course, we said that they were probably thinking about what they would do and thought Joseph might do the same thing. Well, ended up he did not. Matter of fact, he made this statement, am I in the place of God? It's not my place to take revenge. God's going to take care of that. And, uh, and so he did not take revenge. Matter of fact, he did just the opposite. He treated them as he was like to be treated. He said, I'm going to take care of you and your families, and I'm going to nurture you, and everything's going to be fine. And so, so that's how he handled that situation. Uh, let me see. We don't have that. Do you have? There you go. Uh, as I was studying this and thinking about how Joseph handled that, uh, am I in the place of God and what he did it also made me think about another uh, principle that Christ taught and that was in Matthew chapter 7 12 now we all know that is the golden rule don't we if you go to uh, Matthew seven twelve, 12 uh, it says all things therefore whatsoever you would that men should do unto you even so do ye also unto them, for this is the law and the prophets. Is that not what Joseph did? He followed that road, didn't he? Before Christ stated it in Matthew, he followed, of course, Christ reminds us that for this is the law and the prophets. That's what Joseph lived under anyway, right? He lived under the prophets. The law hadn't been given then, the law of Moses, but the prophets, there are prophets then. But even that principle, Joseph lived by back then. And you know, it got me to thinking, uh, what other religions teach the golden rule? You ever thought about that? We know Christianity does. What other religious bodies, and I'm not talking about people that call themselves Christians in our denominations, I'm talking about other religions totally, Okay? And so I started researching that. And believe it or not, I'm not the only person that's ever tried to figure that out, okay? Uh, somebody you might have heard of tried to figure that out. You ever heard of Norman Rockwell? Well, he thought of that also. He said, what other religious peoples, what other religious bodies actually teach the golden rule? Matter of fact, uh, this... Uh, I've actually got this split in, oh, where's the clicker? Do I have a clicker up here? Uh, this one right here. Okay, this is it. All right, let's see if I can turn it on. All right. And, all right. This is half of what appeared on the Saturday Evening Post, April 1st, 1961. That little, little, thing in parentheses there says this Sunday will be the 57th anniversary. Well, that's not current now, of course. But this actually is in the uh, Norman Rockwell Museum. There's a museum with all these paintings and all that kind of stuff in there. And I know that's kind of hard to see. What it says is this. A group of people of different religions, races, and ethnicity served as the backdrop for the inscription 
do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Rockwell was a compassionate man, and this simple phrase reflected his philosophy. I've been reading up on comparative religion. The thing is that all major religions have the golden rule in common. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Not always the same words, but the same meanings. That's what he says. Okay, now, let me show you some of the religions he was talking about. Now, again, you're probably not going to be able to see that very well, okay? So I'm going to pronounce these as best I can and then uh, read actually what they say. Buddhism was the first religion he talked about. And it says this, Hurt not others with that which pains yourself. Okay? Then Christianity, All things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. We just read that, didn't we? Confucianism. Uh, uh, Confucianism. Now, if you look up the history of these religions, most of them came from either China, India, Southeast Asia, that kind of thing. Now, is there any one maxim which ought to be acted upon throughout one's whole life? Surely the maxim of loving kindness is such. Do not unto others what ye would not they should do unto you. Okay? Then you got Hebrewism. Hebrews. What is hurtful to yourself, do not to your fellow man. That is the whole of the Torah, and the remainder is but commentary. Go learn it. Hinduism. This is the sum of duty. Do not to others, which if done to thee, would cause thee pain. Islam. No one of you is a believer until he loves for his brother that uh, what he loves for himself. Uh, Jainism. Is ha- in happiness and suffering and joy and grief, we should regard all creatures as we regard our own self. And we should therefore refrain from inflicting upon others such injury as would appear undesirable to us if inflicted upon ourselves. Sikhism. As thou deemest thyself, so deem others. Then shalt thou become a partner in heaven. Taoism. Regard your neighbor's gain as your own gain and regard your neighbor's loss as your own loss. This is the hardest one for me to pronounce. I'm going to do my best. Zoroastrianism. As good as I can get. That nature only is good when it shall do not unto other another whatever is not good for its own self. Now, Norman Rockwell, uh, when he researched all this and came up with these, he decided that all of those were the golden rule. Just stated in various and sundry terms, but in his estimation, that was the golden rule. In researching this also, I researched a little further, because you may have, as I have heard, uh, you ever heard of the iron rule and the silver rule and the golden rule? I've heard of those. Now, it's been a while since I've studied them, 
But I said, you know, I need to look that up. Well, as I started looking that up, I came up on a very good article by Wayne Jackson. You're probably familiar with Wayne Jackson. If you're not, uh, you can go to the Christian Chronicle and look up a lot of his uh, information. Very smart guy. He had written uh, an article entitled Gold, Silver, and Iron, Three Rules of Human Conduct. Okay? That's his article. Now, as you can tell, I've made all sorts of notes and, and highlights and everything else. Okay? So I'm not claiming any of this is from me. Uh, it's just what I found out from studying and researching other things. Now, Wayne Jackson also let it be known that uh, this was not necessarily uh, from him. You ever heard of T.B. Laramore? Some of you probably have. He preached a lot in the North Alabama area. He set up a preacher's school in Florence called Mars Hill. It went for about 16 years, I think. I'm not, I don't think it's the Mars Hill that's there now. But he actually trained preachers. And they were known as Laramore Boys. And anyway, he did a lot of work around the North Alabama area. Well, Brother Jackson said that he gave a sermon one time, or a discussion, on the iron, silver, and golden rules. He said, that's where I got my seed for thought. Matter of fact, he says, uh, how'd he put it? He said, the gifted T.B. Laramore once delivered a discourse titled The Iron, Silver, and Golden Rules. That presentation furnished the seed thought thoughts for this article. So this had been thought of a long time ago. Okay, that uh, when he preached or did uh, Brother Laramore live from 1843 to 1929. Okay, he died in 29. So, of course, you got a lot of people thinking about a lot of these things. And I said, well, with what we've got going on today in our world, I think it would be a good study to talk about these rules for life and kind of see what people live by. The first one, as you can tell, uh, is called the iron rule, okay? The iron rule. I hope you can see uh, some of the, the points that are there. Uh, the iron rule is the rule of power and force. Its bottom line is might makes right. If I'm big enough and I'm strong enough, then I can do what I want to do. That's basically what the iron rule is. Uh, Cain, he lived by that iron rule, didn't he? He was big enough, he was strong enough, he killed Abel. He didn't like what was going on. David, as another example in the Bible, man after God's own heart. But he was in great political power also, wasn't he? And he had, he had sinned with Bathsheba. He knew he had. But he had the power to do what? He had the power to get somebody murdered, didn't he? And he did that. That's the iron rule. Okay, he lived by that. Now, did he live his whole life by that? No. But did he at a time do that? Yes, he did. Okay? Uh, some worldly examples. Alexander the Great. We've all heard of him. Did you realize, if I've got a, a note about him, let's see, uh, Alexander the Great, in the short span of 12 years, conquered the then known world from Macedonia to India. 
Now, he did it with the iron rope. He went through and slaughtered by the hundreds and thousands, okay? And conquered people. That's what he did, okay? Then you've got Julius Caesar. Well, famous quote, right? I came, I saw, I conquered. Did he live by the iron rope? You bet he did. He lived his life by that. You know, if it's something I want, if it's something I think Rome can benefit from, if we can get the spoils of war, then we're going to go in, we're going to conquer these people, we're going to overcome them, and we're going to take what they have. That's what the iron rule says. Okay? Uh, then you got Charles Darwin. You go, why was Charles Darwin here? Well, I'm going to read a little bit to you about what he says about Charles Darwin. He says, Charles Darwin gave scientific respectability to the iron rule. Most of you know him for writing The Origin of the Species. The full title was it was The Origin of the Species by Means of Natural Selection or the Preservation of Favored Races in the Struggle for Life. And it was natural selection for him, that's all it was. Whether it's in the animal kingdom and even humankind. He considered to be just animals that struggled in the same way animals do. Matter of fact, he wrote a follow-up book. The follow-up book was entitled The Descent of Man. In that book, he argued this point. Listen closely and see if you don't see the iron, hear the iron rule in here. Darwin said, with savages, the weak in body or mind are soon eliminated and those that survive calmly exhibit a vigorous state of health. We civilized men, on the other hand, do our utmost to check the process of elimination. We build asylums for the imbecile, the maimed, and the sick. We institute poor laws, and our medical men exert their utmost skill to save the life of everyone to the last moment. There is reason to believe that vaccination has preserved thousands who, from a weak constitution, would formerly have succumbed to smallpox. Remember, smallpox was the big thing back then. Okay? That was the thing that killed hundreds and thousands of people. Okay? Thus, the weak members of civilized societies propagate their kind. No one who has attended to the breeding of domestic animals will doubt that this must be highly injurious to the race of man. Do you think he put forth the iron rule as a way to live for human beings? That's what he did. He said, this is what it is. You know, most of you about my age, you got a smallpox mark right here? I do. Got that smallpox vaccine. That was a big deal back then, okay? Most of you are probably old enough to remember this. Anybody old enough to remember getting polio vaccine first time? Oh yeah. Man, that was a big deal when I was a kid. I mean, everybody, I mean, everybody was just fearful of polio. I mean, you just, I mean, didn't know where it came from, who was going to get it. I remember when it first came out, we went to a church. They got the communion trays like we have up here. They put individual cups in there and they put a sugar cube in each one. Then they dropped that virus on that sugar cube. We took the sugar cube, passed it around. Just like you're taking communion, except we took that virus in the sugar cube. That's how we took it. I don't know how y'all took it. <laughs> or how y'all got it. But that's the first time I got the polio vaccine. Now, 
vaccinations have saved untold millions of people. Anything wrong with that? Well, my goodness, no. Okay? You know, that, that's the way we're supposed to treat our fellow man, right? Supposed to treat him like we want to be treated. Do, do, do we want to live and, and, and have a good life and, and be as free from disease as possible? Sure we do. And, of course, doctors take an oath to do that. And they help mankind. But people like Darwin, no, they put forth the iron room. Matter of fact, one of his, uh, Adolf Hitler, you remember him? He, he took Darwin to heart. He said, okay, if mankind can do that and we can have a super race, we're going to have a super race. Now, Hitler is known for killing untold numbers of Jewish people, right? Is that all he killed? No, no. He was also known for killing what? The retarded, the maimed. He would kill all sorts of those kinds of people. He was going to have a superior race. Okay? He was going to have a superior race by killing out whoever was not or whoever had anything, any kind of un undesirable characteristic. He was going to get rid of them. Is that the iron rule in action? Oh, yeah. That's the iron rule in action. No doubt about that. And then he brought up this one. Now, you know, I forgot. I was going to look and see when he wrote this article. Uh, it doesn't say, but, okay. Uh, it doesn't say when he wrote this, but I will say this. He wrote this article before Roe v. Wade was overturned, okay? Brother Jackson did. He said Roe v. Wade was a perfect example of the iron rule. You put your self-interest before somebody totally innocent and totally weaker than you are. And you kill them. You know, I'm, you're, you're in my way. You're not what I want at this time. I'm not going to let you come to life. Matter of fact, you're already alive, of course, but I'm going to take that life. He said the Roe v. Wade. And, you know, I, I know we have celebrated the overturning of Roe v. Wade, but have we really thought what a big deal that is? That was the rule, I mean, the law of our land for 50 years. Okay? And finally, finally, because we've got Supreme Court justices in there, that could look at this and say, this isn't right. You know. Now, I know they didn't outlaw it, okay? I understand that. But they turned it back to the states and the people will decide here about and we as Christians cannot give up on this fight. It's not over. Okay? You got states everywhere wanting to to not only have it like it was, but even increase it. Okay? So, you know, the fight's not over on abortion. But a big victory was won. And I'm, I'm glad people were in place that, uh, that could do that. Now, I'm going to read this to you. This was kind of his culminating paragraph on the Iron Rule. He said, Each lock on every door and window throughout the world is testimony to the Iron Rule. The penal institutions of the various nations are monuments to the rule of force. Every corrupt political official who manipulates his power for personal advantage lives by this system. Bully husbands and fathers who abuse their families are iron rule devotees. We didn't mention the criminal element, did we? 
I know if you've been looking at the news at all, you can see in our country that crime has been on the uptick, has it not? In lots of places. Crime has, and we know that in some of those instances, just because the police force has been pulled back, not because they wanted to, but because politicians wanted them to and pulled them back. But every criminal, what rule do they live by? The iron rule, don't they? If I'm big enough, if I'm strong enough, I'm going to take what you have. doesn't belong to me. I know it doesn't belong to me, but I'm going to take it. I know you've seen the, the, the news stories of people going in and shoplifting all sorts of things, getting garbage bags and filling them up. I know that's wrong. But by the iron rule, if you don't stop me, and if you can't stop me, I'm going to take all I can. That's what they live by. Okay? That is a rule that many, many people live by. That's the iron rule. Questions, comments so far about the iron rule? Hope I'm not boring you here. I thought it was a pretty interesting study. <laughs> so, but anyway, any questions or comments or anything you'd like to add to what I've said? Go ahead, Mark. That's true. That's true. You got it. You got it. Sin is the problem, isn't it? It is. You're right. And you know, uh, I was reading an article before I came to church tonight. There was a priest, a Catholic priest, I believe it was over in Ireland. Anyway, uh, the local priest was gone. He was sitting in. He actually got up there and preached. Uh, they, I forgot what they called it, but it was a sermon. And told them that uh, transgender stuff was wrong and homosexuality was wrong and people were living wrong and it was sin and sin was the problem. And 30 people got up and walked out. And the priest over there had to, had to apologize. I'm going, really? You know, we've gotten to that point where you can't call wrong wrong, you know, but that's where a lot of people are. If you call wrong wrong, you're a bigot. You know, you, you, you can't say that. Well, first of all, it's not us saying that. We're not making the rules, okay? If we study the Bible then we're supposed to teach what God teaches. And God teaches that. And we're supposed to follow that. So it's, it's not us making the rules up, but yet we've gotten to the point where people just don't want to hear that anymore. They don't want to hear it because they've got their own ideas. So, any other comments? I'm going to have to come back here, Sam. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that's the law they had back in. That was the old law, wasn't it? Exactly right. Exactly right. Any others? All right. Let's look at the next one. Let's look at the silver rule. A lot of people live by this rule. Okay? A lot of people do. Uh, silver rule basically says... What you do not wish done to you, don't do to anybody else. If you don't want somebody to do that to you, then don't do it to them. That's basically what silver rule says. And this rule is in the negative form. When we say negative, we mean it forbids something. The silver rule forbids you from doing hurt to somebody else, doesn't it? 
If you live by that rule, it says don't do to others. Don't do to others what you don't want done to yourself. But does it enjoin you to do anything? No. It just says don't hurt anybody. Don't do them any hurt. If you don't want hurt done to you, then don't do them any wrong. That's what it says. But it doesn't ask you to do anything. Well, uh, if you uh, we talk of finders, keepers, losers, sweepers. You know, if you're living by the golden rule, do unto others, and you find a wallet and it's got three or four hundred dollars in it, you're at the mall. What are you going to try to do? You're going to try to find out whose it is, right? You're going to try to find out whose it is, and you're going to go through the process, return it to lost and found or whatever. Even if there's no uh, information in there about whose it is, you're going to return it. Because somebody may come looking for that. And that's what you'd want somebody to do for you. What if you're living by the silver route? I didn't take that wallet. I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't steal the man's money. I'm just going to put it in my pocket. That's his bad. Well, but aren't you supposed to return it? Not by the silver rule. You just don't do any wrong. You didn't do any wrong to him. You're not the one. You didn't steal it. He may have just dropped it and you found it. You didn't do any wrong to him. You didn't beat him up and take his wallet. You just found it. And so you're going to keep it. That's what the silver rule will allow you to do. Now, some of you are old enough. I'm not quite old enough. I was born in 58, but I'm, I'm almost. But in 1964, but if, you, if you've ever studied psychology at all, you'll know this case, Catherine Genoese case. She was a lady that lived in New York, and she was coming home from work one night, I think it was 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. A guy attacked her, okay? It was around apartment complex where there were other people that could hear what was going on and they heard it. Some guy hollered, leave that girl alone. Man ran off. Well, she had been, I think he stabbed her. That's why she couldn't get up and run. But she was crawling, trying to get to a point of safety. But he came back. He attacked her again. Nobody did anything, okay? as far as helping her goes. Now, uh, New York Times had an article that said there were 38 people that knew what was going on and nobody did anything. Well, if you research it now, you're going to find out there's some uh, discrepancy about it was actually 38 people or not, but there were a number of people that knew what was going on but actually did nothing to help. Some of them thought, well, it's just a love or spat going on. I'm hearing a commotion, but, but it's not something I ought to get involved in. You know? Uh, some people thought, well, I just don't want to get involved, period. I don't, know what, I don't know what's going on. I just don't want to get involved. Well, that's kind of following the silver rule, isn't it? They didn't hurt the woman. They just didn't do anything to help her. They didn't hurt her. They're not the ones that attacked her. They're not the ones that robbed her. They're not the ones that killed her. She ended up dying from this, okay? And it was a big deal back then. Matter of fact, it made its way into psychology books and it's still talked about today. Uh, that, that, uh, the, the, what's talked about so much is the bystander effect, okay? And a lot of people, it's not my problem. I'm going to mind my own business. No skin off of my nose. Take care of number, you know. 
you know, all those things. And I'm going to tell you, again, if you've been watching the news, and I do, have you seen people doing that very thing today? Oh, man. Not only do they sit and watch it, get out their phones and film it. Okay? But they don't get in to stop anything. There are people being beaten and robbed and kicked and people just sit there and film it. See what's going on. And interesting of the bystander effect, if you do a little research into that, it's found that people are more likely to help somebody if they're by themselves and something's going on. Then they're more likely to get involved. If there's a lot of people around for some reason, they won't get involved. They, they don't want to get involved. That somebody else will do it or maybe witnesses to it. Whatever the reason, the more people it seems that are around, the less people want to get involved to stop anything or help anything. You don't ever see any of this, do you, Sam? <laughs> All the time, don't you? All the time. Yeah. I mean, you, you see it at school too. I was a, a teacher and a principal. Kids get in a fight. You know, they don't want to break it up. A lot of them stand around and watch it. Okay? Some of them encourage it. Okay? You know, some of them get in the fight with them. You know, you got all sorts of... But very few people want to get in and stop it. Okay? And stop what's going on. That, that, that's, but anyway, there's been a lot of research into that bystander effect and what goes on today and all that kind of stuff. Questions or comments about, about that? Let's see if I have anything else I want to say. I don't think so right now. You know the comments about silver root. There you go. Yeah, somebody else is going to take care of it. Yeah. yeah. They won't get involved. Yep. Yep. That's true. All right, any other comments? All right, now let's go to the golden rule. All right, this is the one we read about. This is the one we're familiar with. I want to stress the golden rule is in the positive form, not in the negative, okay? All right, uh, going back to what it says, again, I'm, I'm going to read it again. It says, All things, therefore, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, even so do you also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Okay. It forbids you to do hurtful things. How does it forbid you to do hurtful things? Well, it says whatever you want done to you, do to them. Do you want hurtful things done to you? No, you don't. So you're not going to do hurtful things. That's the forbidden part. But then it goes on to enjoin you to do stuff. Because it says... Uh, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, even so do ye unto them. It doesn't stop with don't hurt them. It goes on to say, help them. Whatever you want done to you, do to them. Don't stop with just not hurting people. You're supposed to go on and help people. That's what the golden rule says. And that's why it is so golden. It doesn't just say don't hurt people. It does say that because you're not going to hurt people because you don't want to be hurt. But then it says, whatever you do want done to you, do to them. So if you want people to help you out, 
You're going to help them out, right? Yeah, you are because that's what you want done to you. So it, it's different than the silver rule. Uh, look at Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Let's see if I've got that looked up already. I don't. All right, this is a, a scene of the final judgment, okay? It says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he set upon the throne of glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from the other, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, said, Lord, when saw we thee a hunger, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of these, uh, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Have those sheep been following the golden rule? Yeah. They had done stuff. They had helped people. They had given them something to eat. They had given them something to drink. They had given them clothes. They have done all that. They have followed the golden rule. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered, you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you took me not in. Naked, you clothed me not. Sick and in prison, you visited me not. Then shall they answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he say to them, Very last saying to you, insomuch as you did not do the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. There was a guy... I can't think of what his name was right now. Uh, D.A. Carson. And Brother Jackson quoted him in here. He said, if you read that final judgment scene and you're living by the silver rule, the goats are going to be acquitted. Think about it. The goats are going to be acquitted. Why would the goats be acquitted under the silver rule? Did they hurt anybody? Did they do anything wrong? Did you have a cup of water in your hand and they knock it out? Did they steal your food? Did they take your clothes? No, they just didn't give you any. They just didn't hurt you. They live by the silver rule. Their rule says, I don't hurt anybody. Not that I've got to help them. That's what the golden rule says. The silver rule says, I don't hurt anybody. Well, those goats, they'd be acquitted then, wouldn't they? Because they didn't do anything, but that's the point. They didn't do anything. The golden rule says you do something. They didn't. But they didn't hurt anybody. They're not the ones that caused all that stuff to happen. They just didn't help anybody in those situations. You see the difference in the silver rule and the golden rule? Yeah, there's a big difference in those two rules and how we look at them and how, uh, how they're lived out. Uh, most argue People that study this, and there are people that study this a lot, most argue that Jesus was the first to state it in its purest form. Okay? 
Okay? Very simple and easy to understand. Stated it in its purest form. Notice what the golden rule is founded in. Number one, it's founded in a belief in God. You believe in God and you believe that God is the Creator and He made man and that each person has value. Totally different than what Darwin was living by, right? He didn't see any value in man. You're just another animal. No reason to help you. The golden rule is based on a belief in God. Okay? Uh, it applies in every segment of life. And I, if I can find what he said, it is, uh, it's really good. Uh, uh, let's see. Well, okay. The golden rule is universal applying in every segment of life. Here, here's the quote. If legislatures enacted all laws premised upon the Lord's instruction, society would be wonderfully altered. Think about that. If all laws that passed were passed with that rule, do unto others as I would have them do unto me. It would be a great society. If homes operated on this principle, would there be marital infidelity, divorce, child abuse? Wouldn't be any of that, would it? If we just live by that. Simple golden rule. If our schools were allowed to teach the golden rule with its theological base, okay, a belief in God, you've got to believe in God to really understand the golden rule and that man is created by God, would not the academic environment be remarkably changed? And he says it's different because the golden rule requires action. It does not countenance passivity, but says do unto them. Not just not do bad things. Do unto them. You've got to do good things. You've got to do something. Now, uh, let's see. The last point I made is based on reason. You know, I think we all know this, but maybe we need to say it. It assumes that an honest person properly informed concerning principles of truth and fairness would have a reasonable idea if what is right for himself, okay? In other words, you got to be a reasonable person to apply this rule. You can't be totally unreasonable, okay? And say, I like to do bad things to myself, so I'm going to do it to somebody else. That's unreasonable, okay? We're talking about reasonable people with reasonable minds that follow this rule. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is the Good Samaritan, okay? Think about the story. I don't have time to read it right now. You know the story, right? Robbers came... They beat the Samaritan up. They took his stuff. What rule are they living by? They're living by the iron rule, right? There's more of us. We're bigger and stronger than you are. We're going to take what you got. Not anything you can do about it. Then you got two people came by. Priest and Levite. They went over and looked. They passed on by. What rule are they living by? Silver rule. Now they didn't go through his pockets and rifle his pockets. They didn't go kick him and do anything ugly to him. They just didn't do anything. They didn't hurt him. They're not the ones that robbed him, but they just passed on by. The Good Samaritan is the one that lived by the golden rule. He stopped. He looked. He said, man, if I was in that shape, what would I want somebody to do for me? And he did it. Okay, he lived 
by that golden rule. He lived by it. Now, last thing. I want you to look at these again. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm moving my mind, but not that one. Look at those again. Are all of these golden rules? Let's read them again. Buddhism. Hurt not others with that which pains yourself. Sound like a silver rule to me. Just don't hurt anybody. Confucianism. Is there any one maxim which ought to be acted upon throughout one's whole life? Surely the maxim of love and kindness is such. Do not unto others what you would not they should do unto you. Sounds like a silver rule. I'm just not supposed to do anything bad to you because I don't want anything bad done to me. Hebrewism. What is hurtful to yourself, do not to your fellow man. Well, sounds like a silver rule to me, doesn't it? Some of them get closer than others. Hinduism, this is the sum of duty. Do not to others which if done to thee would cause thee pain. That's a silver rule again, isn't it? I mean, they're telling you not to do something, but it doesn't enjoin you to do anything. Islam, no one of you is a believer until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. That's okay, but it doesn't ask you to do anything, just love it for your brother, okay? But, I mean, it's getting there. Jainism. In happiness and suffering and joy and grief, we should all regard creatures who regard our own self. That's pretty close. And should therefore refrain from inflicting upon others such injury as would appear undesirable to us. That's silver rule right there. You know? Uh, Sheikhism, or Sikhism. As thou deemest thyself, so deem others. Then shalt thou become a partner in heaven. That's pretty close, isn't it? That's pretty, but you're just deeming them. It doesn't really tell you to do anything. You deem them, you think about them, you consider them like you consider yourself. But that, that's close. Taoism. Regard your neighbor's gain as your own gain. Regard your neighbor's loss as your own loss. That tells you to have empathy for them, doesn't it? And, and be happy when they're happy, but is enjoying you to do anything. Not a thing. And Zoroastrianism. The nature only is good when it shall not do unto another whatever is not good for its own self. Again, that's a silver root. So although uh, 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 this guy thought, who did I say it was again? Yeah, Norman Rockwell said, these are all golden roots. I think he should have done a little more study, don't you? Because they're not golden roots. Most of them are silver roots. Some of them make it a little close, but they're not. Golden rules. They're silver. Okay, we'll stop there, I think.